So the number is over 990,000 individuals have lost their life to COVID. Like, I knew the number was high, but almost a million people are gone because of this deadly virus. And when I think about that number, I think about the people who are left behind. Um, Death and loss, you know, was a major part of the pandemic. But I feel like it's a conversation that we just, we try not, we avoided having. And it surprises me. But if I'm being honest, I didn't think it was a conversation that we needed to have. No one wants to talk about death, right? You know, we sweep it under the rug because it's uncomfortable. It makes us sad. We're still in a mourning and grieving process. So I get it. But not until I had a conversation with our guest today, Sharice Walcott-Cuffey, that I realized that, no, now is the time that we finally need to discuss death and loss during the pandemic and how it's has changed. Um, mourning has changed since um, before the pandemic and how we need to find ways to cope with it and to discuss it in its real rawness. So today on the show, I ask that you please welcome Sharice as she discusses her own personal experience with death and loss during the pandemic and also gives her expertise on how we can cope during these trying times. Hi, I'm Nicole Ebanks. I'm the host of Soul and Substance, the podcast. I'm also a journalist and a blogger, and I'm going to carry you through conversation where we're going to talk about those in-depth topics, those topics we're all afraid to talk about. I can guarantee you transparency, honesty, and pure realness because the perspectives come from my own, celebrities, locals, and you especially. Soul and Substance starts right now. So welcome, Sharice, to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course, of course, of course. So here it is where, um, I guess, year three or over two years into the pandemic world. And, you know, some people will say that we're kind of in this post-pandemic climate. Mm -hmm. But um, how do you think the United States has dealt with death and loss? And exactly what does that mean? Um, I think for the most part, how they've dealt with it has kind of been... So par, I mean, to some degree, I would say that I know that with the new administration, they have had um more with the mass mandates, even though a lot of that has been lifted. I think that that has been one of the things that has, in my opinion, helped a bit because hmm. I know we have had um a lot less of the individuals having COVID. I know the rates have dropped mm-hmm. and I believe that it does coincide with like more of the mass mandates that have happened um so i think in regards to that that has helped um what was the other part of the question oh uh exactly what does death and loss mean during the pandemic era um i think death and loss is really different for the pandemic era because a lot of individuals were not able to necessarily bury or see their loved ones 
or not only that i think a lot of individuals lost their loved ones suddenly mm-hmm. and i think a lot of individuals also heard of loved ones being lost on an international level oh, and i'm just yeah. speaking for me personally i'm originally from trinidad okay. and tobago um and i've lost a couple of family members overseas and so that has been really challenging because you know back then if you lose a loved one usually you can just grab a plane ticket and And fly fly out but with the pandemic even though things are leveling off a bit but when we were deep in the pandemic I didn't have that luxury so when I did lose loved ones unfortunately I wasn't able to actually fly home and go see them Wow, I'm pretty sure that was tough. Yeah, it was definitely tough. And I know that the virtual world did kind of help a bit mm-hmm. because um, I was fortunate where some of my family members were able to set it up where you can view the funeral virtually. But again, it still doesn't That's have different. the same you know, emotional value as seeing your loved one in person and paying your final tributes that way so it was it was really tough yeah especially like if you do know if a loved one is passing away or they're in their last days i'm pretty sure you know i've you know i've heard of even stories where um, people never even got to say goodbye or if they're even if the um, individual was suffering from covid themselves and they're in the hospital Mm -hmm. they just get a phone call that their loved one is gone and that's the closest thing to a goodbye they ever got yeah, so it's very true. different to pre-pandemic times. Yeah. So you are um, a clinical mental health professional, which, in your opinion, which demographic or group of people seem to be struggling with death and loss the most the past two years of the pandemic? Yeah, so I primarily work with older adults, um, individuals who have disabilities and aging. And I know from, based on my experience working with those individuals, I would say a lot of the aging population has been hit with a lot of loss, Mm. Um, primarily a lot of long-term care. I work with a lot of long-term care um, individuals, which is basically individuals who may be in like a nursing home or kind of like a group home setting. And you know, those settings have a lot of individuals. Um, So when when the pandemic struck, they got hit the hardest. They definitely got hit, especially seeing they were residing in the same space And unlike us, where we have the luxury of just like leaving and going home, a lot of individuals in long-term care, they don't have that luxury. Their home is in that setting, which could be with over 200 additional people. Yeah. Plus staff that has to come in and out to service them. Oh, so that makes matters worse, of course. Yes, definitely. So a lot of individuals did pass, unfortunately, Mm. um, that I was aware of. And then it was challenging because a lot of the clients that I work with I can have direct contact with them because wow. of the pandemic yeah. because of course of safety reasons and the compromise um, they are more com- compromised based on you know health a lot of them suffer with a committed comorbidity of things mm-hmm. so you can't really just like show up go up do whatever you want you yeah. know you have to take that into consideration as well their health needs and due to that there were a lot of restrictions as well that were placed but there was still a lot of loss. Wow. So, I mean, I know you did say that you couldn't come in contact with them directly, but I guess in the very, very beginning of COVID, Mm -hmm. did you see, how could you describe just the environment of your clients and how they actually felt or 
just hearing the news that they would be or if they did experience COVID themselves or did they have any loved ones who did pass from it how did they respond if you knew if you could you know speak on that I think there was a lot of disbelief and like resistance because initially when the pandemic and this is just even from my perspective of things too when it when the pandemic first started it was kind of like what is this is this even real is this really happening yeah there was a lot of debate yeah and with that debate a lot of individuals still had more liberties so they were still moving around kind of like how they were before but then when individuals started dying like if they lost loved ones or if even um, colleagues had passed because I had known of some of the colleagues that I've worked with in those settings who did pass, unfortunately, from COVID. Mm. So I think that kind of brought the reality of the severity of what it was to life. Mm -hmm. And I think just based on interaction and just communication, I think a lot of people are starting to get really kind of like sad and depressed by what was happening because now they would be limited and this limitation is something that they didn't know when it would end. There was no like set time frame. This is what it is. This is when it's going to end. It just seemed to keep going and going. And even though things again has lightened up a bit, Mm. we still have to be cautious because there have been a lot of different variants that have come out. Oh yeah. And we hear every so often, hey, this person has died, or we hear about changes to the status of Yeah. Exactly. Because even um um, I don't know if you know the rapper or the DJ, yeah. I'm sorry, who passed away from yeah. his, what, four months battle with COVID. Yeah. And yeah. still, again, I know some people like to believe that, yes, we're kind of steering away or mm-hmm. adapting to more so a new normal or post-pandemic world, the pandemic. But this is something that is going to be lo- long-lasting. Yeah. And death is still, like, we're almost a million deaths in the United States. Yeah. It's crazy to think, but yeah, that's the reality. And I know that, again, it's easy to kind of just relax because we do want a normalized situation. I mean, being um, working from home for the past two years, as joyous as it's been, it's still nice to be able to kind of get out and interact with my friends and family more like I've been doing since a lot of the restrictions have been lifted. True. Um, But the reality is, again, you know, I still try to remain cautious due to my past trauma of what has happened Mm -hmm. with COVID itself. So speaking about your past trauma, um, and you even mentioned moments ago that you even had your own um, experience with loss and death. Do you yeah. mind describing us and telling us what exactly that experience was like? So for me, initially, I had lost like one of my best friends. This was not COVID related, but okay. this was in the beginning stages of COVID, and her death was very sudden, and oh. so that kind of like really set me back, and I I I think it took a long time for me to kind of like process or move through the process of emotions with that debt. And then as the pandemic kind of started like moving on and getting like, we realized that, hey, this is like what it is. This is not ending. I started hearing of colleagues that were passing, like I had mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, And also I had family members overseas who passed. Right. And then also I had 
family that was even up here like friends and family that were up here who knew of people who passed so it was like a lot of interconnectivity of like loss that i've never experienced before back to back back to back it was mm -hmm. like i was scared like if my phone would ring first of all i'm not really a phone person okay so wow. <laughs> i'm a texter <laughs> But if my phone would ring or I got a message, it like literally gave me anxiety because Ooh, I was like, oh my goodness, real. is this going to be another update that someone has passed? Mm -hmm. And not only that, I'm going to keep it real. Even in the celebrity world, that was affecting me because even okay. when I would plug into social media, I would see of this celebrity or that celebrity who's passed. And, you know, even though we may not know celebrities, the reality is we still have a connection we to do. them in our mind and in our spirit yeah. of what they do. So there that still play a factor in how our emotions play out with just that loss. So it was just a combination of like everything, social media updates, friends who lost loved ones who would update their losses. It was just becoming very overwhelming. Yeah, I'm sure. And even um, like I know for me, speaking to that, um, <laughs> my grandmother she passed away from covid yeah i'm sorry um, to hear that thank you thank you thank you and it was you know in the very very um fresh months mm -hmm. of covid so she died in may 2020 wow. and during this same time my parents both suffered from covid my dad was the worst wow. um before he went to the hospital i think he was I think he got tested, his results, I'm sorry, came in two days before he went to the hospital. Okay. And literally, the day before he went to the hospital, he learned that my grandmother wasn't doing well with COVID. Wow. Now, a little backstory on my grandmother. She had almost everything under the sun. Mm -hmm. um, so many health issues, oh, you know, okay. just, and so, for the longest, that's, all that we knew but even so it never took her out she never got to the place where she was on her deathbed gotcha. so when we again my dad is in the hospital and he had to learn of his mother's passing when he got out because we just of course we had no all we had was a phone call to my dad and my mm -hmm. mom who also went to the hospital so you can just imagine that struggle right. struggle um and keeping it keeping um the news away from him as well but you can just imagine um just what we had to go through grieving our grandmother and ultimately telling my dad about the passing of his mother and when we did it was and i can even say to this day it's not it's still not easy mm -hmm. um he never got to see his mom get buried yeah. you know yeah. and that's a real thing that many people had to go through during yeah. the pandemic like yeah. You know, even though he was, no, he was still in the hospital when we buried her because COVID had restrictions on capacity. And right. there was, you know, multiple funerals at that time. We couldn't wait and we weren't sure when he would get out. And so you have that and then also grieving process since he's been home and even almost two years later or yeah. over two years, years later now. He's still dealing with it because on the news you still hear, hear about COVID. Online yeah. you get some update. And every single day, it's not easy. Yeah, it's definitely not. Right. So it's just death and loss in a pandemic. I feel like it's just in a category all by itself, like yeah. pre-pandemic. I don't know if we will ever get back to pre-pandemic way of grieving mm -hmm. and mourning. Do you think that we could? 
is possible? I feel like I don't I don't think we will. And the reason why I say that is because of the shift just in general with how things are. Because like even as I you know, even with thinking of my family, like we had a virtual funeral. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the virtual world has like slowly come in and it's here to stay. I don't feel like that will be like obsolete because yeah. the pandemic is over. So I feel like because of that shift, I feel like that really means, yeah, that there will be a change, a permanent change, even when people deal with grief and loss. Because I feel like now, even though it's a, it can be a positive, because like for us, we were able to still see my uncle who passed. His okay. was non-COVID related, because as you know, if it's a COVID that yeah. they don't even, you can't even see that person. Girl, yes. So fortunately for that family member that had, that we lost, my uncle, his was non-COVID. So we were able to view the funeral. Okay. Um. So I feel like if, God forbid we was in in times even if COVID subsided and we weren't able to rush home to participate in in any funeral, we would still have that ability to view here and Mm. see that individual. So I feel like that disconnect or change will always be there. Even though, again, it's best to see the person and say your goodbyes in person, but the reality is with that ability to kind of like do things still far from where you are because of the virtual world, mm-hmm. I feel will make that a permanent change with how people grieve. And not everyone likes funerals. And I was going to say that, yeah. you know, that is true. Like, you know, as young as he may be, even mm-hmm. my nephew or even have like an uncle who, mm-hmm. again, cannot stand the thought of a funeral, just the thought alone. Right. So, yes. Um, a virtual way of grieving is possible and you know favorable to them right but still how do you truly mourn someone Mm -hmm. nowadays in this era you know beyond funeral because I like to say that you know and please forgive me if I found sounds insensitive but I feel like the best part of the grieving or mourning process is the very beginning of like when you're funeralizing your loved ones because that's when everybody's around. You yeah, get a lot of phone together. calls, everyone is. Yeah. But after that, that's when the true sting and pain comes into play. Yeah. And, you know, I like to say or I like to think that, you know, it makes it even worse now because we're still kind of in this kind of bubble. Yeah, bubble. Yeah. And so grieving, it just looks so different today. And, you know, mm-hmm. how could you say it looks even different beyond, you know, the virtual world? I think, like you said, I think what you said actually is I didn't even think of it in that in that essence of just like the isolation okay. part of things, which I think thinking back to it now even when I lost one of my best friends like mm-hmm. not being able to have the opportunity to go in person and sit in the pews and like see her body you know out is just like I feel like it probably is one of the reasons too why how I am grieving made it worse Mm. because it's like even though you see that person you still don't have that full closure yeah because there's like that still disconnect of like that in person like yes i have my final like send off for this individual versus it virtually even though you kind of see the person is like 
the essence of that person is still not surrounding you yeah. in the last. So it's still kind of like you don't fully get to like finalize. Even though grief is ongoing. Yeah. We we don't That's deny true. that. It's ongoing. That's true. But I think that like kind of like, okay, this is like. Uh, that little final relief of like seeing that individual some sort of closure yes like that form of closure is not there and I don't think like you know going back to your previous question I don't think that that may necessarily happen fully as we continue to move forward Mm. in the world that we're in because of the instability of life just with just taking it outside of just even that, but even what's going on with wars and different things that's going on True. in the world too. We don't know what, right. There's so much unpredictability. We don't know how much more changing is going to be occurring, you know? And so as we discussed too, the pandemic, even though we're in like a different phase of it, it's still there. It is. So our grieving is definitely like forever skewed. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah. And that's the, like, even speaking on that, um, I remember having a conversation with my dad. It was mm-hmm. on the porch late summer day and he was just looking out mm-hmm. and I can tell something was bothering him. And my dad is the type of person where he will hold his feelings in, mm-hmm. but I just asked like, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. And he was just like, I miss my mom. And he was like, I was, you know, just again, asking him and just letting him let it out. And he eventually just confessed and said, I never got to see her. There is that hole Mm -hmm. that I can never close or find some other way to replace it because I never got to say goodbye in a way like I knew why, Mm -hmm. but still I can never say goodbye, which I always thought would happen. Like you always, you never look forward to the day of the loss of your parent of course but when it happens you know when it happens um you just think of it in a way that how it should happen or how Mm -hmm. you should get some type of closure. and i never had that and um no disrespect to my other aunts and uncles but um my dad was the oldest and i can tell because they spent the longest time together they were extremely close and so that extra pain Mm -hmm. you know and i know that many other people who had a similar experience, whether it was their parent, best friend like you or other family members, there's just a piece of loss that will never be fully completed. Like you mentioned, it will Mm -hmm. forever be skewed. And so I wonder like with the coping, you know, mechanisms, how can anyone truly find ways to just deal with loss now? Yeah. I think for me, how I have tried to kind of like balance that, of course, again, there are different stages right. <laughs> of grief. Okay. You know, first when it happened, there was a lot of anger that I mm. had. And I'm just speaking specifically to one of my friends who passed, my best friend who passed, you know, and even some of my other family members who've passed and other individuals that I know. I had a lot of anger because it was kind of like speaking for her specifically it was like, why? Like, mm. Why? You know, she had a young child, Um, even though she did have, you know, health issues. I always was like praying like, Lord, you know, just sustain her, keep her. And she was doing so well. She was a cancer survivor. She was in remission. She was doing so good. Got Mm -hmm. in a new relationship. It was like everything was Was just like lining up for her. And then I just got the message that she was gone. 
And I feel like for me, it took me a long time to kind of like come to terms with the fact that she was gone because she was like my ray of sunshine, mm. <laughs> you know? You know, you always have that friend who's like the one who will check in, who despite all that they're going through, they're always positive. Yeah. She was like that person. So okay. her that really was a stain, you know? It was like, a, I really felt that loss. It kind of reminded me of like when I lost my grandmother when I was young. Okay. My grandmother's debt, um, that's my mom's mom, forever. Like, even when I think about her, even to this day, and she died when I was like, I think I was like probably eight or nine. She died when I was relatively young still. But because of our relationship, like, her memory forever is just like, I get emotional when I think about her being gone. And so even to think of like my friend who's suddenly gone, it's like that anger just kind of like started to spew. Hmm. And then, you know, after a while, I had to kind of like come to terms. Again, I didn't really get to fully say my goodbyes in person. Hmm. But it's like in order, we have a natural coping ability. And I think it's just kind of like that survival instinct because life continues on. Uh. So... If you continue to stay in that, not to say grief doesn't end, grief is still ongoing. Like I still have moments where I go on her Facebook or Facebook. I love Facebook. How it will like send you like those past memories. memories. I'm like, ah. <laughs> now you send a past memory and have me waterworks. <laughs> but you know, I I I I started to look at that in a more positive way. Okay, that's good. Instead of negative. Yeah. You know, it was like kinda like, oh, this is a moment that I was able to share with her. And you can go back in time and yeah. reminisce for a bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. and kinda like reminisce. So okay. I feel like naturally our instinct is to find a way to cope and and, and slowly move out of that kind of whether it be anger or depression, whichever stage of grief you're in. Because, mm. you know, we have denial, we have anger, we have bargaining, oh, <laughs> we have depression and acceptance. <laughs> yeah. And even though I haven't fully accepted her death. I was going to ask. Yeah, I still haven't fully accepted it. I feel like I, I am still able to kind of like process more that I need to cherish the memories that we had more. Mm. And I feel like that's what I use to kind of cope now moving forward to not, when I see pictures or any past memories, to not get angry or sad, but to kind of just be like, oh man, I remember that day and I remember that moment and I was happy and we were happy within that moment and kind of like focus on that positive aspect of things. I like that. Definitely. And, you know, go through the motions. Like, even if, you know, you're looking at a past memory and you do shed a tear or it takes you, you know, just a little bit longer to get back, to get into that positive space. That is okay. But it's interesting that you said that um, we tap into those survival instincts. Mm -hmm. And I never thought that, like, we do it all the time. And this is no exception. And um, even with COVID, as though it was unexpected, we still... Again, we just tapped into like, okay, how are we going to move forward? Yeah. How are we going to maneuver through life with this unexpected thing and what yeah. comes with it? Yeah, you know, that's true. And funny to to add a little on what you're saying. What 
I always in working, I was like, why can't we have more of that like work life balance where hmm. you can work from home and then go in? Uh, and I always was like a very strong advocate for that. <laughs> and then the job would be like, yeah, no, you gotta come in. And then now we go. That's up, all right? we do that. Okay. <laughs> now we go through a pandemic, and it's like, oh, we actually got this. Yeah. <laughs> with your best friend you always wondered um why mm -hmm. do you think you're getting that answer to why i don't i don't think so i mean i think the why will always remain unanswered i mean okay i know if we look at it from like the spiritual aspect you know god takes us at our right time you know a lot of times we have we lean on that like okay. if that individual goes passes especially if it's sudden even if they were sick before, mm -hmm. even if, you know, we still kind of be like, well, that's their time, you right. know? So there's always kind of like that lingering, like, oh, that was her time. But I don't want to accept that that was her time. I still feel like she should have had more time. And that's just... Really? Yeah, that's how I, 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 I continue to feel. So I feel like that emotion never goes away for me personally. But... I know that the reality is she is gone and she did leave a lasting memory that can help me to move forward with certain things in my life. Because like I had mentioned before, you know, certain things like she would send positive messages, always do like that check-in. And so her, how her spirit was kind of is like forcing me to kind of be conscious for myself of having that same spirit. So that if someone else who may need a picker-upper, if I come in and I'm like all sad and gloomy and that person needs a picker-upper, then they're not going to have that opportunity. Mm. So to stay conscious of like how my life can affect someone else's. So I feel like one takeaway I have used to kind of cope more too with, her lo with the loss is kind of like just trying to emulate how she was a bit and, and move my life more in that energy as well so oh, that's a good way yeah so that's kind of what i've been doing too and would you well. advise others to do the same regardless of who um has lost who has died in our um lives due to the pandemic i think definitely if you know that person has been a positive light i know not everyone right. <laughs> let's keep it real <laughs> Everyone will say they've lost someone who they've viewed in such a... They will call them their real sunshine. But I think true, we can true. always take away some aspect of that individual that we can probably, like, use as a way to kind of just continue their memory. You know, whether it be the... I don't know. They were the one who woke you up in the morning or mm. whether it be they're the ones who always waved when you wave like it could be the most the simplest, simplest things. things you yeah. take away and move forward yeah and just move forward with at least that aspect of the individual you know because i mean you don't want to necessarily hold a negative memory because then no. that's kind of like going back to that whole dark 
piece of the griefing process. Yeah, and delaying it, yeah. if you will. Yeah, so I think just trying to hold on to that positive memory and kind of moving forward. And I think another great thing that I've done is okay. speaking about the individual, like speaking speaking about the person. You know, a lot of times when you lose someone, you may feel the need like, hey, I don't really want to talk about it because then it's going to bring up those emotions. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's good to let those emotions out, even if those emotions are ongoing. There's no time frame for grief. Grief does not have a run out time. Mm -hmm. So it's still good to continue to talk about an individual, share your feelings, cry, let it out, because Mm -hmm. that's a natural um, way that we have hum- we as humans are blessed to be able to better move forward um with our everyday okay hmm because i know somebody um i read she was like i was tired of hearing that oh you're gonna reach a point where you won't think about your husband or you know yeah. you're fully healed nope it, not gonna happen yeah and i think again and i'm glad that you said this because I think myself, I have to be reminded, and I know others need to know of, grieving is an ongoing process. You know, it could be Mm -hmm. 50 years past, Mm -hmm. and you'll still, something will still resonate or trigger you. Yeah. You know? And this is why I like talking about grief. A lot of people find it strange that I like talking about, like, loss and grief and death and dying. Because, you know, you always think of it in a morbid sense. Right. But for me, it's kind of like, I look at it as kind of like, well, first of all, it's a natural process. Like, at the end of the day, we live, we die. True. The only factor is we may not know when, we may not know necessarily how. Yeah. But how do we fill in all that extra gray stuff? You know, like, do we just not talk about it? And that's why, too, a lot of individuals are not prepared when they lose loved ones. And when I say not prepared, outside of the pandemic world, I mean, before things were so rapid and just sudden, um, I think, you know, in terms of, like, living wills and, you know, setting funeral arrangements and having conversations about wills and all those things, those are, like, topics that people don't really want to talk about. It's true. My (laughs) parents included. Okay. They don't want to talk about it. Like, shh, you won't bring that <laughs> to me. Be quiet. <laughs> and it's like, well, the reality is, you know, it is, it's going to happen. Yeah. We just have to be as best prepared as we can. And that actually can help with the grieving process. Mm-hmm. Because if you have something more in place for that individual, uh, you know what I thank mean? Thank you. Then it's a little less stressful for the immediate family when that person passes so that we don't have to scramble to get stuff together. And then the grief kind of hits you at the end because it's like you're doing all this it's stuff fast stuff. paced and then when you you have the time to like really sit it's like wait this person really is gone and then you have that you know ability to do that i'm so glad you spoke on that because wills <laughs> and you know even if um like if you don't have like another or if it's just a power of attorney mm-hmm. but i think that there's a whole lot of other elements yeah that take place when someone even dies. life insurance ah that's yeah. what i was gonna get to life insurance too that's another you know you're never too young to get that going yeah you know it's, it's something just even with that you know it can make a huge difference for your family when you're gone so yeah and that can kind of Again, the griefing doesn't go away, right? But You're that can be this. one way to kind of help with the grieving process because it's one less stress. Because when you're in grief, you're in stress mode because you mm. are overcome with emotion and 
you know, even when you think about it, like everything is kind of like rushing, you know, when you're crying and you're emotional and everyone grieves dif- differently. Some people may not even cry, but True. they're still experiencing grief. Again, their stage may be different than someone else's, but it doesn't take away the fact that, you know, just doing one thing to help prior to that loss or prior to you going would be a great help for the family. I hear you. So you mentioned, again, I was even going to (laughs) ask, you know, why was, is this topic so important to you? You just mentioned a few reasons, but what is another reason why you desperately you know like to bring awareness to this topic of death and loss I think too because every day I hear a lot of things on the news with in the first of all we have a million mass shootings like true every yeah. it's so sad and this is not like this is nervous laughter like it's so sad mm-hmm. how many shootings we've had of lately and a lot of just chaos i call it we're in a chaotic world right now yeah and i feel even though we don't know those individuals personally we don't know to what extent they've had some type of loss Mm. and even though loss can be outside of just death loss could be of a job loss could be of a role like individuals like who may have changes in their medical that changes your whole role and your whole duty Mm -hmm. you know loss of status a lot of people lost jobs yeah relationships loss of relationships you know there are so many facets of loss that i think has been occurring because of the pandemic Mm. and i think that too is another reason why there has been so much more chaos because individuals have experienced loss in so many different ways and so that's why this topic is important to me because you know as a mental health professional you know, dealing with individuals who have different mental challenges that are occurring and even being someone who has lived in a situation now where I can say, I was really like, wow, this is what isolation feels like. Mm, like, you know, you talk yeah. about people, oh, this is, you know, don't isolate yourselves. But Make we were sure, forced into right? it. Make sure you remain social. I tell my clients that all the time, especially my aging clients, because, you know, depression we want to make sure that aging you know for the aging population they can suffer with depression they have a high rate so you want to always promote like you know socialization and stuff like that so for me to be basically home isolated contradicts everything that you recommend and then it's kind of like I am now forced to kind of live through the lens of someone who may have no choice to be isolated you know so I feel like because of that it put more in perspective for me even as a clinician like hey you know this individual even thinking of someone who may suffer from depression like they don't really have a choice like this is their everyday this is like what it feels like like having trouble like going out and like seeing someone and like you know just being among people and you know it's just it put a lot in perspective for grief and loss for me in a different way. And I feel like that's why too, I'm like always willing to have this conversation because you know, with the pandemic kind of like you said before, it's forever changed. We have had to morph as humans Mm. (laughs) and adapt and mold to kind of fit this new mold of life. Yeah. 
have we done a good job in adapting? You tell us. I don't know. I mean, as time progresses, we will see more. You know, they always track data and trends and stuff like that and do research more on it and see kind of correlations to pandemic. Even with me, I'm a new mom. And my son has had very limited interaction with his peer group. (laughs) So even seeing him in that light of like, you know, I just think about him being a toddler, usually, you know, running around meeting meeting a lot of new kids and stuff like that. But that still kind of was a lot limited. Even us going out with him was very limited in the beginning stages of the pandemic. So I can see that that has had an effect as well on him mm-hmm. so if you could if i can see it in him just, just imagine e- right right someone who's older especially someone who this may have been just a drastic like if you're very extroverted and like you speed off of people that drastic shift how that could have really affected someone's mood yeah. and just overall um well-being you know because i'm all about wellness wellness not just of the physical but of the mind the body and the spirit and like you know just seeing how that can unfold and how that relates to loss and grief in so many different avenues not just losing someone but losing a job being more isolated losing relationships we've had we've heard of a lot of people breaking up the celebrities, <laughs> locals, yeah, you name it. It's always somebody right. else bites the dust. <laughs> All because of the fact that, yeah, because you know, we're right. Arm and arm. Arm, 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 arm. And so you really get to, like, oh, that's how you are. Right. Well, I can't stand you. Or things come to surface that yeah. because we had more of a busyness prior to the pandemic, we mm-hmm. kind of brushed it under the rug what was really going on yeah so i like to you know and please i'm asking you this and honestly do you think in a way the pandemic kind of was a blessing to all of you know these issues mental health loss you know all of those things i think it was a blessing in terms of i will say that therapy was very like taboo online like before it was like even in a clinic like it's like no you have to meet that person in the office and you have to speak to them in the office but now you're seeing a lot more online therapeutic Mm. situations than ever before right like now you could actually um i know there are varying apps now that you could plug into and actually connect Mm -hmm. with a therapist which is great because it's really opening up for individuals who really don't want because there's always going to be a stigma around even though it has gotten better throughout the years mm-hmm. i think especially with i don't like to talk about specific generations but let's keep it 100 i think millennials gen zers like they're more about the therapy yeah. and like you know mm-hmm. talking about your feelings and emotions yeah, and we i definitely drive that whole idea yeah. yeah so i feel like with that too it's kind of created more of that space of destigmatizing therapy and like talking about your issues because we have traumas i think the, pan- the pandemic is definitely a trauma. Yes. <laughs> I will put it down as a trauma. Yeah. Because we have all, of course, there are, there have been positives, but we know that there have also been a lot of negatives. Right. Um, and we just kind of adapted to suit. But, you know, I think one plug I would say is I think that's been one plus um, mm-hmm. with having the pandemic world where you 
you know, you can connect with therapy more um, online. And I know for me personally, even though I was working from home, which has been more challenging, seeing my son is in the toddler stages now versus earlier, <laughs> but being able to be at home with him and provide oh, that, you know, more one-on-one -on -one assistance and bond more. Actually, my prayer before that I even knew the pandem pandemic was happening was, uh -huh. I want to be at home with him for at least six wow. months, Lord. Not knowing I was bringing a whole Charisse. pandemic. <laughs> Six months a year, it's a year and a half to do, like, Lord, I said six months. Did you sum up this pandemic? Because here it is, we talk about, I would love to work from home. I would love to be with my baby too. Girl, I don't know what portal I opened, but, but you know, it was yeah. still like a blessing. It's been more challenging now though, because he's more mobile and talkative. Yeah, so those phone sure. calls are crazy now. <laughs> I'm sure of it. So if you have a son too, I can just imagine the conversation. Oh at home. my goodness. So with that, um, you know, definitely when people hear about 2020, mm. there's gonna be a dark cloud. Yeah. You know, no matter what. And yeah. I think, you know, again, speaking back to those individuals who have dealt with death and loss, and now that we that you told us, mm -hmm. loss looks different mm -hmm. beyond, you know, actually losing a person physically. Yeah. It's in different variations. How do you think us as a people, um, globally, communi community individuals, how will we be, how will, how will we be affected by this even 10 years from now, 20 years from now? How do you predict we will be I think I think it could be in a positive the effect to some degree because I feel like again I had to tap into my survival but I also tapped into my fate as well mm. so I feel like there's a possibility that individuals may start tapping into those um, old connections that they've had because oh. I'm not even gonna lie you know I kind of had a little disconnect you know reading my word and doing yes, some things <laughs> that I, you know but when you have a loss and, and grief I think for some reason again going back to the coping you kind of find that avenue of like strength and for me you know just kind of like praying more tapping into the, my spiritual side more is what I did I don't know if other people will lean in that direction more. Yeah, because everyone's different. Everyone's different. I feel like maybe it can be the opposite for some individuals where they can be kind of like, there is no God. Why is this even happening? Yeah. So okay. it's kind of hard to kind of predict exactly what the full outcome will be 10 years from now. Okay. But I know whatever the, the, the research will show, I know there'll definitely be a change in terms of just like mental health and, and the need for that more because we've seen it already where individuals are tapping into like connecting because when you have so many losses and so many different ways, you have, you become overwhelmed and you kind of lose that, that strength that you had. So you kind of need that individual to remind you of what you are able to do, like tap mm -hmm. into that, that strength that you had or to rediscover that strength or to reconnect with it, you know, because we all have it. It's just when things happen, it's a crisis. We were in a crisis situation mm -hmm. and when crises happen, we lose our ability to kind of cope, you know? Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you may need that individual to kind of help guide you. 
and that individual could come in different forms but i think one thing is that reconnecting hopefully there'll be more of that hopefully it won't spike where there will be more suicide high rates of that mm. as time progresses hopefully that is not the trend that we see yeah. um, because there are individuals who haven't necessarily reconnected um, and who may not reconnect because we don't know where this pandemic is still going yeah. you know and, it can even take an uglier turn right and so you know it all depends on kind of like where things ev- and then we have a war going on or- uh, we always have wars don't right. get me wrong wars have always been occurring but you know just i think with social media being so connected to everything because like even with my sister-in-law she's very young and she can see everything going on in the world that's not the world i lived in so there's so many facets of change that are occurring even with just seeing people even george floyd all those things those social issues that we've had and just it's just a surmountable amount of things and we don't know what else will come so i feel like there may be a decline there may be higher depression there may be or there may be people tapping into the resources they need and it goes up so it, it can go either way i feel but hopefully we can all still work together mm-hmm. and continue to evolve as a community yeah. and figure out ways to tap in to fill in those gaps that people for people who do need that assistance so that we don't see higher suicide rates mm-hmm. higher rates of depression more medication use you know more of that negative spiral you know, spiral of, of habits yeah and again, if individuals do need those services, hopefully they're available for them to be able to tap into them. Because, you know, we have inflation. A lot of things are spiking. Ugh, talk about <laughs> gas. I said, I got to drive over here real quick before the gas is $5. Ooh, if, that, if they're not there already, so you've been talking. Because right? the way they be climbing. Oh, yes, my goodness. Girl. So, you know, something. it's so many things. So many things. And I think even just from a community perspective, resources are being stretched yeah stretched and you know when resources continue to get stretched out that makes it harder to service the people who need it the yeah. most and people lose patience because of that or right. some sort of hope right you know yeah so all i can do is cross say a prayer that things get continue to get better i don't know how better it will look mm. but you know only time will tell yeah. And thank you for all of your um, knowledge. You gave us a lot to chew on, and I want to thank you again for coming on the show. But what what, what lasting words could you give all of us, you know, especially, again, you know, those who are dealing with death and loss, but as a whole, you know, again, you mentioned we don't know mm-hmm. how things are going to turn or pan out, but what could you give us to kind of hold on to? Yeah, I think, you know... It's so funny because we had um, Easter. I don't know if, you know, those tuning in if they do celebrate Easter. But for me, the resurrection kind of reminded me of something that I kind of forget. But it's just Mm. that hope. You know, we hold on. Well, I hold on now even more to hope. Because I just hope that things continue to not get worse but better. And I feel like that's something that I just want to leave. Like, just keep having that hope that things can change and have hope that 
even if things don't get better that you can still find a way to bring some type of light to that situation like you were saying earlier. yeah because at the end of the day we each have our part to play and it's all in our mindset too you know what do they say glass half empty glass half full like even your mindset and stuff like that moving forward can make a huge difference in the outcome of things so i think just having hope that things can get better and to also see what you can do within the moment to make that difference as well okay is there any resources or numbers that you wanted to for us to tap into or your uh information miss lady so um i always like to plug this because i never know who may be going through a lot more i always like to say if you are feeling suicidal and you feel like you need more assistance um always the national suicide prevention lifeline is available 800-273-8255 also i'm now kind of like forming um it's unwrap wellness i'm doing that that's just kind of like putting positive messages so you can check me out online on um instagram as well um and then um my my website is um what do they say they say my website is coming soon (laughs) we'll be on the lookout for sure so plug yourself girl even if it's not there yet we're coming soon we're gonna be ready y'all hear it y'all because we need more of this information and again it goes beyond this topic i know this may be one of your you know um look forward to topics or the ones you want to talk to the most but we already know that um, based on what you told us that where we can come for Sharice for more guidance and positivity and just yeah. more information. So, yeah. you know, I thank you, all of us. We thank you listening to the uh, episode today. We thank you for all your expertise, knowledge and your own personal experience. My condolences again to all of your loss. Thank you, Sharice. <laughs> Hope to have you again soon. Yes, no problem. I just want to shout to you because i know you again you have suffered a lot of loss as well but you you have pushed through and you have Mm. set your sight on the prize and you still managed to do what you wanted to do the most and here we are soul and substance substance. (laughs) (laughs) y'all hear it y'all hear it (laughs) we'll be right back Loss looks different after two years. Loss has a new meaning because of the pandemic. Look back at the loss you've experienced the past two years. What is that exactly? And how are you coping? I love you and I mean it. Peace. Soul and Substance was produced by Nicole Ebanks. The Soul and Substance theme song was produced by Lawrence Ebanks. 
If you would like to ask for advice or leave comments, send an email to soulandsubstance25 at gmail.com. For blog posts, visit soulandsub.wordpress.com and follow us on Instagram at soul.n.substance. That's S-O-U-L dot N dot S-U-B-S-T-A-N-C-E.